0: Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. It feels like you're taking the long way or the crooked way. It feels like it's taking forever to get there, doesn't it? To get to the person you've been waiting for, or to get free of the person who has harmed you, or to get that job that you deserve. At this age, at this point in your life, shouldn't you be there by now? this this idea this way of thinking about things is one of the heavy coats that i've been wearing since i can remember and i want to talk to you about this today because i have a hunch that a lot of you might spin around in a similar way there are these societal constructs that are that are baked into our culture that even when i don't outwardly subscribe to them i wrestle with them privately And they're like these little gnawings that mess with our self-worth and make us doubt our ability to be loved, to be productive, successful, and happy. They're the marks where we think the water should rise to because it has for everybody else around us, right? Where I've seen this show up in the most obvious way was when I was in search of a life partner. But interestingly enough, as it turns out, once I found and married the love of my life, these societal constructs didn't go away because then there was children. And once I had my children, my gnawings turned towards my professional value and worth in the world. And... Oh my God, shouldn't I have that book published by now? I'm in my mid-40s. This should have happened by now. So it doesn't go away. I've come to know. And the research shows me, or my personal investigation, not formal research, but just self-discovery research and listening to people that I love and care about, it shows me that this human thing, this comparison that we do, this blueprint we hold ourselves up to, pops back even if or when we get the thing that we wanted. We find the partner, we have the child, we get the job, we are recognized for our work, we reach a landmark that we've longed for, and then there's this little spike of relief and then it begins again, maybe or probably in a different category. And I don't know if that makes me feel better, knowing that, that it's going to crop up again, that longing. But what I think it started to do is to remind me that winning that one thing that I'm placing my wishes on won't solve everything unless we can start to really look at the core of the behavior. And even then, it's not really solved because its um, I think it becomes something that we recognize and we manage in a way that maybe we stop climbing a ladder towards something but start seeing the detours and the road signs a little bit differently. I follow this guy... His name is Dustin Reynolds, and his handle on Instagram is the Single Handed Sailor. And the bare bones of his story is this: he, um, several years ago, he was on a on a motorcycle in Hawaii, and he was hit by a car. Having been a first responder and an athlete he could tell when he was lying there on on the side of the road after the car hit him that he was very badly injured and that he might not make it. And he said that he wasn't sure he wanted to call 911 because of the recovery and the anguish that would be ahead of him. And he said he thought long and hard about it, but he decided to call to get help. And eventually he recovered But he was left with only one of his arms. And he traversed through a lot of sadness and low points. And then he taught himself to sail. He eventually bought a boat and now, fast forward for a little bit of time, he travels around the world on a sailboat and he collects friends and stories and adventures. And he shared that he's not sure... He would have ever been living this special and exquisite and magical life, this adventure, if he had not been blindsided by this car. And I learned about his story a few months ago, but I think about him almost every day now. Because this, this is a pretty wondrous thing, this life we are in the middle of. And I know, I know many of you are lonely And I have been through very lonely periods, too. And I know many of you are out of patience with the way that the world has treated you. Or you are incredibly low on hope that your art or your thing that you offer will get noticed. And some of you are overwhelmed with bills and the day-to-day, and you're just covered up to your eyeballs, with some of that reality, that the construction of a magical life feels completely shut down and not accessible in any way. And I see you. And I keep thinking about this in the light of the single-handed sailor. And this, this life, this sliding glass door moment that, we might entirely miss because we're only looking straight up at the ladder. We're trying so hard to feel enough, to feel worthy in terms of the marks that society has decided for us, that we so often forget to actually look around and, and to take stock of the ingredients that we do have and ask, what are the marks that matter to us? And not the ones that are just imposed upon us. And I want to I wanna be clear that I don't subscribe to the, to the spiritually bypassing statement of everything happens for a reason. I do think when something does happen or doesn't happen, a question for us might be, what are we going to do with that information? How can the events of our lives be composted in a way that helps us to be more fully alive and fully present and fully curious? Mary Oliver, who always has the the right words for almost every occasion, said, Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? wild it is wild and unpredictable and it's sometimes achingly hard and lonely but I will say knowing that feeling well that loneliness has its own nectar because within that is is where desire comes from and wish and want and imagination longing. I used to I used to watch the Brady Bunch when I was little (laughs) and I don't know if this is if this is actually true because I didn't I didn't look this up to verify, but I I think that I remember there was an aunt who was single and she was really eccentric and kind of exotic and and she traveled around the world and she'd send postcards to the kids and gifts from uh, from all the corners of the world. And I, I would watch the show, and she wasn't on there every time. She was just kind of occasionally on there. And I would daydream about being her because she was not living within the standard of those societal constructs. And I might be actually mixing this up with Bewitched, which I also watched when I was a kid, kind of at the same time period. Um, might not have been the Brady Bunch. But anyway, this aunt was on the fringe, and I just loved her so much. And this aunt, even back in the 60s, was not interested in listening to the shoulds, and I really loved her for that and envied her. I think that I I miss a lot, we miss a lot, when we don't balance our goals with the deep curiosity of what is actually here. When we don't view the ordinary days as a treasure hunt, then we so often we miss the subtle signs or even even the more obvious signs for a detour. The crookedness in the path can be such a gift if we start to see it that way. And I know one thing that can really trap me is when I start thinking about entitlement and what the day should offer me that I sh- I'm entitled to this instead of what do I have to offer the day and it's this pretty subtle perspective shift but it's something I try to think about a lot because sometimes I'll be in a foxhole thinking but I deserve this You know, I've worked hard for this. I've made good decisions. I've followed the rules. I should be positioned for this now. And what I've found is this kind of thinking pulls me away from curiosity and it sort of plops me back into feeling like I'm deficient. Like I worked hard and this didn't happen, so what am I missing? My life is deficient. And with that kind of thinking... Wonder, a life of wonder suffocates there. I've been doing this thing with Otis, and um, I just love it, and I want to tell you about it. He asked me a lot to tell him stories, and he just he sort of wants to be picked up and transported to a certain world. That isn't the one we're sitting in right now. He loves imaginative, imaginative things, and um, and listening to stories and telling stories is one of his favorite things. And he's five, and so I started involving him. And I I will give usually give the first line, something like, um, one we did recently was Percy the Peanut was lonely. And so he set out on the main road to find a friend to share the day with. So that's the first line. And then Otis will give the next line, adding a little something to Percy's story. And between the two of us, we've come up with some really elaborate tales that have the most interesting and unexpected turns because there's no rules about having to stay on the same plot line. And because there's two of us telling it. And so there is this really beautiful balance of having a vision, a plan, a goal, and a character that you're developing. Something you've realized for yourself. And then it's coupled with this wildness, this unpredictability that you have to be present to. Because you're not the only one driving. And, and this kind of storytelling is the template of life because we're driving in some ways. We're setting ourselves up well. We're pointed in the right direction. We work on things. We practice things. But in other wild and devastating ways, we are carried by the wind. And the recognition of that majesty is really something. And then, can we find a willingness to collaborate and step into the story rather than resist and say, Well, I, that's, that's not what, what, what I want to happen right now. I want this to happen in the plot. Can we find a willingness to collaborate rather than resist? What if your partner that you seek is not yet ready? You have not met them yet. They are recovering from an accident in a whole different country or recovering from a loss. And they're not yet ready. You haven't met them because you you can't meet them yet. And so the time for you now is to prepare yourself for that incoming beauty. And during that incubation time, while you're waiting, to be Devoted, ear to the ground, devoted to this plot that's being revealed that's underneath your actual feet. Something that I wish I had done when I was single and when I was lying in wait, looking up at that ladder, wishing things were different, is I wish I had taken myself out to supper more. I wish I had, had traveled more, been that Brady Bunch aunt sending postcards from all the corners of the world to my friends who were married with kids. I wish I had been more lavish and more comfortable in my own skin, still, still longing for what I was longing for, yes, but not paralyzed by the societal structure. I wish I had been more curious and more wild. And more accepting of my freedom. And I wish that I had loved my crooked path. Instead of wishing that it were straight and quick. Because for me it's never happened that way. It's never been straight or quick. And I wish I had lingered there in that crookedness. And really enjoyed, enjoyed that more. The older I get, the more that I know our time here is short. And it's just, it feels like it's just flying by with every year that goes by. And I don't want to spend any more days wishing for things to be different, especially when I didn't even come up with those constructs of so called happiness. So my wonder is. Can we unhook ourselves from those prescribed places and claim what is wild and what is okay about the way we are growing right now? There's this children's book my friend E gave Otis. Months ago, and I've read it to him a couple times, and he really likes it. But I have gone into his room and read it many times since it's lived at our house, and I love it. And it's called The Book of Mistakes. And it starts out with this one eye, like a black dot, and then the artist in the book draws another eye. And it says making the second eye bigger was a mistake because one of them was considerably bigger. And then the next page, they drew round glasses around the eyes and said, but the glasses were not a mistake. They were a really good idea. And then the book builds from there. And there's a drawing of a girl and one of her legs is really too long. And so... Instead of trashing the, the drawing, the artist drew this lush tree around her leg and said, it looks like she was always meant to climb that tree. And so the artist made, made the long leg work for the piece. And then the next page, there was, there was this big black ink spot that happened, a mistake on the side of the girl's head. And so the artist drew this really great black hat that made the girl look adventurous and like she was flying. And so this gorgeous and really simple children's book is, is a book about wonder. What appears to be a mistake is what then makes this magic and wild unexpected turn that make, makes things even more alive. And thank goodness for some of those mistakes, for even the motorcycle accident that left Dustin Reynolds where he was and then his life took a complete turn, for those places that leave us in a place where we might even want to die like he did, because that feels easier than the recovery. But we cannot see yet that there's an around the world trip that is seeded from that crash. Because we don't know what's coming. We don't know what is being prepared for us. You don't know who is going to therapy right now to get themselves ready to be your partner or that book that you're going to write. You don't know yet who it is going to help. But in the the potency of now is upon us. We have this day. And that's the guarantee. This day. I do remember so well the last phone conversation that I had with Benjamin before he died. And it was five or six days before he was going to turn 30 and I asked him what he was gonna do for his birthday. And he said he didn't have any plans. And then he said, I don't, I don't want to turn 30. It feels old. And he said, All my friends are doing these really grown-up things, and and I don't want to grow up. I'm not ready. And I knew without him saying so, that he kind of saw 30 as this mark where he had to really get his shit together and like start acting like a grown-up. And Benjamin didn't turn 30. He died just a, a few days before he would have. And we know that he didn't take his life on purpose, but we also know he was gambling and he was sort of playing Russian roulette with the kind of drugs he was experimenting with. But we, we do, um, do not believe that he actually meant to overdose. But I do think he didn't see a way through some of the societal constructs, especially in Alabama, that were laid out for him. He wasn't sure about the way through and, and what that would look like for a creative and somebody who was wildly different like him. For those of you who are looking for refuge and safety right now, and those of you who are eventually looking for curiosity and wonder, which comes after refuge, refuge and safety, I think, there are people looking for you too. Your people are out there who will affirm and uplift you in the midst of all of it, even if they haven't surfaced yet. And your version of sailing around the world, gathering your magic and your people, that's coming too, but it may be entirely different than what you might expect. So don't forget to look around as you go and notice what the next line of the story is before you decide what the whole plot line is. And let it be as crooked as it is. And try not to get swallowed up by the shoulds of society. And then your ordinary life will become art. And that, I think, is all we can ever hope for. Thank you so much for listening today. I am super happy to be back. This episode begins season six. If you are enjoying and benefiting from this podcast, please consider becoming a patron. It's a really small ask every month, but it's such an incredibly big help to me. And just know that if you do become a patron, you are keeping this dream going and supporting the storytelling each week. The information for how to become a patron is in the show notes. Other ways to help are to rate, to review, and subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends. Word of mouth is so, so sweet um, and a great way to keep this afloat. And my hope is to continue to grow this work and this community so that it has a place to evolve and thrive. Thank you so much. I hope you have a beautiful day.